Andre Dawson, Hall of Famer from the Chicago Cubs, and you're listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast featuring everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Manaman. This podcast is produced on Anchor, where you can record, edit, and publish all from your smartphone. You can find the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any other major podcast platforms. Stepping to the batter's box. Welcome back to episode 61 of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. This is everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman, and I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by two sponsors. First one is the Chief Bat Company out of Manchester, Iowa. Find them on Facebook. They do customized baseball bats, perfect to fit your every needs. Our newest sponsor is by Dugout Sports in Fairfax, Iowa, and they have had a plethora of great young talent come through their training at their facility. I recently saw A.J. Puck was throwing some bullpens there. Mitch Keller, who has been doing great things for the Pittsburgh Pirates, is also training there as well. So look up Jay Wannell and find Dugout Sports Fairfax, Iowa on Facebook. Today, we are joined by Assumption University in Massachusetts, multi-sport athlete from Wallert Catholic High School. He was a member of Wallert Catholic's all-decade team. If you're new to the podcast and you missed that episode, go back and listen to it. But we are joined by hockey star and baseball star, Jimmy McDermott. Jimmy, welcome to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Jimmy, a lot of fun to connect with uh, old kids that you used to coach, and you were on my Mazzucchelli football team and Mazzucchelli <laughs> yeah. basketball team way back in in seventh and eighth grade, if I remember correctly, uh, uh, power forward and quarterback, right? <laughs> One heck of a combination. Oh, yeah. Now, Jimmy, you're playing two different sports in college, which is unheard of. What two sports are you playing? I already kind of give it away, but... Uh, I'm playing hockey and baseball here in Massachusetts right now. And how did you get started playing both of those sports? Um, well, my dad's been a junior was a junior hockey coach growing up for a, basically my entire life. So I kind of grew up uh, in a hockey household. Um, I think I was 18 months old when I asked him if I could start skating. Uh, he got me on the ice. I kind of fell in love with it instantly. Um, went through some troubles when I was, you know, three years old, like every kid does, and whining about, oh, there's too much equipment and my feet hurt and all that stuff. But he said, if you want to do this, you got to keep going. So I kept with it and um, ended up kind of changing my life. And um, I think uh, when I was about four years old, five years old, I got approached to join, play, start playing baseball. Uh, some of my best friends at school were, had a team and uh, playing for the Dubuque Reds and the Independent League down in Dubuque. And um, yeah, you know, I ended up kind of same situation. It was something that I, uh, I started off and kind of fell in love with it. And uh, I grew up watching my cousin play for growing up. He was, uh, you know, teammates with guys like, Tanner Denlinger, Adam Kennedy, J.J. Reimer, Alex Timmerman, all those guys. So I was definitely, I grew up watching a lot of, you know, pretty talented guys playing, going through the, their youth ranks and stuff like that. And uh, he was a red too. So that was definitely something that 
I thought was really cool for me as a kid was to kind of follow in his footsteps and that kind of kept me going with the game from a young age. And that Dubuque Reds organization, it seems like they've produced quality talent upon quality talent at the high school level and some even in the college level as well. Now, one thing that that I found interesting, and you you answered a lot of my follow-up questions that I was going to ask for you, is how you got into hockey. You shared that it was your dad was a big hockey player and he was your coach growing up. Now, you went through Wallert, and Dubuque is generally known as a basketball community. So what and why do you think you um, chose hockey over basketball? Um, I think I just, you know, playing from playing hockey at a young age, I, I didn't really get into basketball until I was in about sixth grade. And, you know, starting at that point in my life, I wasn't the most skilled player when I first, you know, picked up a ball. So, but uh, I enjoyed basketball for sure. But, um, after playing hockey for so long and it was just something that, um, I love to do. And like, it's a huge, huge part of who I am and part of my life. And, uh, the, the relationship I have with my dad now is definitely, something that has been extremely affected by the sport of hockey. Just, you know, we've been able to connect on so many different levels. And, uh, you know, when I got to play for him, when I was playing junior hockey and um, when I was in high school, it was one of the coolest experiences of my life. And as a little kid, you know, going to his games and watching him, you know, his teams play for so many years, um, it was something that I'd always kind of inspired me and kind of wanted me to, you know, push me to be like a better player. And it definitely was something that I always wanted to do. So I think that that was kind of always in the back of my mind. Like this is, you know, my, one of my main sources of motivation in this sport is to, you know, make him proud and, you know, continue to build on the legacy that he kind of put in front of me. So very cool. And now we're going to make a dugout sports trip to the bullpen here. (laughs) And we have a fan question that came in from Abigail Olson on Instagram. And she asks a lot of good questions here. She says, what do you love most about the game? What was your biggest challenge you ever faced in either sport? And what was your most memorable moment in hockey? So, Abigail, thank you for submitting the question. Let's tackle that first one first. What do you love most about the game? And you can share baseball and hockey as well. I think, um, you know, from a young age, like hockey has definitely just been a sport that um, I love just the feeling of playing. Like when you're when you kind of get in that rhythm and you're in like a flow of that game and you're kind of in that mindset and you're locked in, it's really easy to kind of like, it's unlike some sports, like where like, you know, like the fans are always like really, really involved. Like hockey's a sport where like, obviously there's fans play a role like any other sport, but you know, you're literally like in an, in an enclosed box on the ice and it's really easy to kind of like isolate yourself and kind of just like let everything that comes from the outside world kind of go. And you can just really focus in on the task at hand. And when you kind of get in that flow and it's, you know, it's a pretty fast paced game. There's not a lot of things. You can't really sit and think for too long. You know, it's got to be a lot of just like reactions and just kind of moving all the time. Um, I've always loved that. It's a, it's a high paced game that takes a lot of character to play. It's not a game that's very, you know, it's a, it's a lot of failure. It's a lot of, you know, trying to overcome obstacles, whether it's physical, mental, you know, there's a whole barrier. You're always trying to outdo someone physically. You know, you have to be able to, you know, knock somebody over or protect the puck when it's on your stick, not to mention the fact that you still have to be skilled enough to score on a goalie. You know, there's a lot of different elements that come into it. So I think growing up, it was always something that fascinated me because, you know, there's so many skill sets that you have to kind of improve on. So there's always something to work for. There's always something to keep working at and there's something to get better at. And there's always, in that way too, it's nice because there's always a different role you can play. You know, you have your guys that are scoring 50 goals a year and like really skillful. You have your guys that are more, you know, 
heavyweight players that are kind of bring energy to a team that do the little things that are, aren't always, you know, the most glamorous, but like every, everyone's important. And, um, it's definitely a sport that, you know, you got 20 guys playing every night and you need all 20 to win. And I think that was something that always really, I loved about hockey. And then it kind of brought me to making a lot of close relationships because, you know, the, the best teams I've played on are teams that, you know, you're not just going on the ice plane because you want to play. You're going on the ice plane knowing that, you know, there's 19 other guys on that bench that are going to be right there next to you the whole time. And if something ever were to happen, like if I got hit from behind and put in a defenseless situation, you know, I have 19 guys are going to have my back. And I think there's a kind of like that really family aspect that I really, really enjoyed from the hockey standpoint at a young age. You know, and hockey is one of those sports where you couldn't pay me to sit down and watch a hockey game on TV. <laughs> I, I love watching hockey in person. When yeah, you, it's definitely a different atmosphere. That's yeah, for sure. When you watch hockey in person, you get more of an admiration for those guys and really how high their skill set and how talented they are. Now, I'm going to ask you that same question from Abigail. But on the baseball aspect of it, what do you love most about the game of baseball? Um, I think when I was first started playing baseball, I think the one thing that I loved the most about it was just that it was so different from hockey. You know, when you're like, I, I think that's important. And I think that's, you know, a message to a lot of young kids out there who, you know, in today's, today's day and age, you see a lot of um, guys who decide to work on one sport which is a great thing you know if you if you're really serious about a sport it's definitely like there's a certain age where you know that needs to become your main priority but you know from an early age like you can't you can't just you, you got to try everything and you got to see what you like and see what you don't like and I think for me you know being in a sport like hockey where it's extremely fast-paced extremely physical you know there's a lot of just moving parts at all times and then you come into a sport like baseball which is definitely a step lower on the you know speed side of things it's more strategic there's a lot of thinking involved there's a lot of you know mindset's a huge thing right you go to that bat you got to be thinking about like you know I have, what's my approach to this at bat you know what's you know game situation kind of stuff where hockey it's a lot more like you implement systems but it's a lot like read and react read and react read and react and i think the fact that it was something totally different and it gave me a break from the hockey world made me appreciate it that much more and enjoy it that much more and uh you know growing up i got to play with a lot of you know some a lot of the guys i grew up playing with are my best friends today like i had you know, my senior year of high school, Owen Funky, Jack Yeager, Zach Kemp, and Spencer Gert, you know, my four, the four other seniors on my team, I played baseball with them since I was five years old. You know, we were on travel teams together, independent league teams together. We won championships together. And, like, being a part, being able to spend so many years with, those, with that core group of guys, you know, is what made it so much more memorable for me because I made relationships with people, with so many people that I will never be able to express how much I, like, I owed the game of baseball for that. You know, the, the, the camaraderie of the sport, especially in, its, in an area like Dubuque, where it's kind of like ingrained in the history of like a Dubuque summer is something that uh, I think I kind of fell in love with from like, an, again, with hockey, like from an early age. Now, when you think about hockey and baseball and you had to narrow it to one, Abby wants to know what is the biggest challenge you have ever faced in either sport? Um, honestly, I think the biggest challenge came with picking a sport. Because, you know, as you get older, it kind of came into RA. Like, once I, when I turned 16 was when I decided I wanted to play junior hockey and, you know, leave, like, high school from a normal perspective. So I was at school one day a week, and I was living in Madison, Wisconsin, playing for my dad. And, um, you know, it would have been a lot easier for me to just to transfer to a school in the Madison area and then transfer back. But I decided I wanted to play baseball, too. So I did whatever I could to remain eligible at Wallert so that way I could spend my summers playing baseball and then, you know, come winter, play hockey. But, um... As I got older, you know, 
throughout high school, yeah, it's easy to, to maintain both once you get that rhythm and routine going. But like when the time it came for high school to end, you know, if I wanted to play college baseball, you know, for the most part, like now's the time. Like it's got to be, it's got to be right away. And so for me, like the going into like the spring semester of my senior year, it was very difficult for me to sit back and say, okay, you know, these are two sports that I've played pretty much my entire life. You know, I've had failures and successes in both. I have had, you know, a lot of incredible memories in both. And it was just definitely something that took a lot of decisioning, a lot, a lot of, you know, talking with my family and a lot of self-reflection to figure out what I wanted to do. And I think for me, that was the hardest part was because, you know, I, I always welcomed the challenges when I was a kid of like playing either sport, you know, whenever I found something difficult, I always wanted to overcome it because, you know, I was always, I never, I was never satisfied with, you know, just being mediocre. I always wanted to strive to somehow make myself better in a way. So I think when it came down to having to pick one was definitely the hardest challenge I've ever had. You know, what's interesting is, is you and I have stayed in contact throughout the years off and on. I had no idea that you, when you were at Waller, were only going to school one day a week and then you were playing uh, junior hockey in Madison, Wisconsin. Now, were you part of the league that had the Fighting Saints in it? Because I know there's a Madison team in that. So, league. yeah, I was um, a part of the, I don't know if you remember the Dubuque Thunderbirds. I do. That was the team that was there. That was right before the Saints. I was in that league. Oh, so okay. I played in that league and um, I was playing in Madison for two years. And then um, my, I, Sign a tender, which is like a contract, basically for in the North North American Hockey League, which is like the Janesville Jets. It's a little bit of it's a step above the league I was in. And then when that didn't work out, I ended up going. My dad tra- my dad traded me to uh, the North Iowa Bulls organization in Mason City, Iowa, and that's where I finished my junior hockey career. The that's, year after I graduated that's high school. Funny that that your dad traded. I'm I'm disappointed finding that out because I would have loved to have gone and and watched a game with you playing. I had no idea that that was taking place, but. To end um, the dugout sports uh, trip to the pen here, Abby asked another question, and it was, what is your most memorable moment while playing hockey? Oof, that's a tough one. There's been so many of those. Um, I think it was the first night I got to play for my dad. Um, I was really nervous. I remember it was – I typically didn't get nervous before games just because, like, I, I was always excited. But um, I remember being really nervous that night um, just because, I, you know, when you when you grow up for so many years going to games and, you know, spending time as like that little kid on the bench with his helmet on and his team jersey that three sizes too big. And, you know, you're just doing all these little things and you see and you grow up in that atmosphere. And then, you know, come time where, you know, you're throwing that jersey over your head. And, you know, he's I think it was definitely an emotional night for both of us. You know, him standing on the bench and seeing, you know, a McDermott nameplate on a jersey of the team he's coaching was something I'll never forget. And then I got, I was lucky enough to score in that game. And I remember getting back to the bench and like, we shared a moment and my mom was in the crowd and it was something that I'm, I'm never going to forget for sure for the rest of my life. That's, that's an amazing story. Now I want to now fast forward to our, our time at Wallard and, and get a, a little bit into the baseball section here. When you were at Wallard, you were an elite athlete in multiple sports. Was there ever a time that you needed to miss baseball to attend a hockey event? Um, there was a good amount. Uh, I think when I was growing up, or like through the high school ranks and stuff like that, um, you know, once I started kind of sniffing around that I was potentially going to be a varsity at, like varsity baseball player, you know, come my sophomore year, there was a lot of okay, like. Pitchers and catchers start, you know, like late January, early February. And, you know, I'm supposed to, I'm trying to get to as many of them as I can, but like I'm still in the middle of hockey season and things like that. And then 
you know, as the summer started to progress, like coming into the year, I try, I would try to be as, you know, committed to baseball as possible. But I remember there was one time where, you know, I had a, I, uh, it was actually when I was in, after my senior year, I was playing for the American Legion team and we were going to regionals and I was supposed to be playing in Springfield, Illinois the next year. And they had their like main tryout camp coming that week. So I'm like in a tough spot because there's, you know, 250 kids coming to this tryout camp and I'm supposed to be there. Yeah, you know, we're supposed to get on a bus ride heading to South Dakota to play in the American Legion Central Plains Regional. So I ended up having to go to the, my hockey thing. And luckily, you know, I have an incredible, had an incredible team who pretty much mowed through that regional like it was nothing, got to reconnect with them at the World Series. But I mean, that was pretty much the only time I can remember it being distinctly like well, I had to sit out one thing for another. But for the most part, I think um, just because of my relationship with, coach Tisher and like me and my dad kind of having like that game plan, like understanding that, you know, I'm playing both sports for the most part. I think I did a relatively good job of trying to be at as everything, everything I could for baseball. And and I wanted to ask that question because right now there's, there's a lot of talk in Dubuque about should kids even play for Wallert, Western Dubuque, senior Hempstead, or should, or should they go the travel route? And, and it's good to hear that, Coach Tisher was was able to work around your schedule and and to make it work. And I know Casey Bryan at Western Dubuque's very good at doing that too. So I think it is possible for people to play to play both if um, they're interested in doing that. Again, I'm not okaying it. Please check with your coach. But I wanted to see um, how that worked. Now I do want to talk about your time playing baseball at Waller. What uh, years were you there, Jimmy? So I was there, um, I was, a, I, I played varsity baseball at Wallert from 2016 to 2018. So my sophomore year, my junior year, and my senior year, I was in the varsity squad, but I also played, you know, freshman baseball when I was an eighth grader and a freshman the two years prior. So. And who were the coaches on the varsity staff while you were at Wallert? Um, we had a pretty good range of them actually. Um, so Matt Cass was our, what is, is I think is a, He's been working up the ranks, and he's our, I think, the head assistant now at Wallert. Um, Jeremy Girardi was there with me. Uh, Andrew Reese was, was there for a while. David James. Um, Coach Rowling had retired the year I was getting there, but he was around, my, especially for my first year, he was around quite a bit. Um, and obviously, Coach Tisher is there. Um, for varsity, I think that's about it. I don't really know if anyone else was around for varsity coaches at that point. Yeah, I always ask that question when I have Wallert guests on because I always keep track of the year where Coach Rowling officially retired, and then even after he officially retired, he still had his hand in, in some things up there. Now, while you were playing at Wallert, did you collect any individual awards? Did you ever make an all-conference team or an all-district team or, or anything like that? Yeah, so my, my junior year, I was an honorable mention for the all-conference, and then my senior year, I had... I was in all. I was first team all conference, Mississippi Valley first team, all district first team, all state, three A, and then I made it to. I was selected for the um, the senior uh, like all star series, whatever in Iowa City. That it was in Iowa City that year, so that was actually pretty fun. You got to play at Dwayne Banks and all that stuff, which is yeah, cool. Tell us about that. Actually, that's like that's. I was uh, we were kind of in a predicament. So me, Joel Vasky, and Jackson Bennett were all. And Connor Crable, I guess, too. We were all on the um, on both teams. I think actually, no, I think about, I think Will Courtney was too. So we had like five guys that were on the American Legion team and in the All Star series. And the American Legion State Tournament that year was played after the varsity season. So we were down 
in Cedar Rapids playing in the state championship game the first night of the All-Star Series. And me and Joel were the only two catchers on the small school East team for the All-Star Series. So we told our coach, we're like, hey, like, we're not going to be at the game Friday night because we're going to be playing for the um, American Legion title. And he's like, oh, really? Like, well, we don't have any other catchers. So we're okay. like, uh-oh. So we're trying to, like, figure this out. And I think Tyson Tucker from Maquoketa Valley, was, who's a pitcher, decided, like, I think he caught a couple games in, like throughout his high school career. So he went behind the plate. And I think, I guess he did pretty well. But um, I think that one of the cool parts about that whole experience is you, you get to meet so many kids from different areas. Like, for me, being a smaller school, I was in small schools east, and I met kids in places that I didn't even know existed in Iowa. You know, you hear kids like – and your big names like Austin Krobe, who's a Lisbon guy who was an absolute stud and is pitching at TCU now. Like, I didn't even know who he was, but I got to know him a little bit. And, you know, I think we our, our, our team went 4-0. and We ended up, you know, being the champions or whatever of that event. And I think it was cool for us because we were – I think one of the reasons that we were successful there is because we spent a lot of time together. You know, we, we kind of embraced the fact that – um, we're all we're all from different places, so we spend a lot of time getting to know each other, having a fun time, just kind of enjoying the time we did have together. We all clicked pretty well. Um, you know, we went we went ice skating at the Iowa City Mall, and because the coaches found out I played hockey, so like I was teaching like ten different kids how to skate on like these weird like mall skates and stuff like that. It was it was a pretty it was a pretty fun weekend, that's for sure. I definitely I kept kept in touch a little bit with some of the guys that was were on that team, and it's cool for me to sit back and watch a lot of those guys. You know kind of climb up the college ranks here this in the past couple of years. Thanks for sharing that story. I know that wasn't um, that wasn't planned for us to talk about that, but I think you're the first guest who had shared that experience. So guys playing uh, get to that game and, and have a great experience. I know I followed it mm-hmm. um, every now and then when some of the local guys go down there. Now, Coach Tisher on a previous podcast said that he likes to carry multiple catchers and each catcher will mm-hmm. catch one full game. Now, I, I I always, when I coached, I was under the predicament of you guys are 14 to 18-year-old kids. You want to play. So I always would yeah. play my best catcher both games, no matter how hot it was or what or what the score was. And I always went with my best catcher, unless I had two catchers that were pretty even. But what other positions did you play while you're at Waller? And would you have preferred to have caught both games? Um, I think, uh, definitely, I definitely at the time, I remember when, um, coach Tisher kind of told me that, that that was kind of the game plan. I definitely was like, well, why can't I play every game? You know, I'm used to playing back to back nights in hockey and I was used to like, you know, a much more like rigorous toll on my body. So I was like, I can do this. Like, I'm totally fine. And, um, you know, coach Tisher is very much like, he's like, all right, he's like, Hey, this is, there's a reason I'm doing this. You know, his big thing is always trust the process and trust me as a coach. And, uh, as, a, as a sophomore, I think I understood that because I was lucky enough. I played a good amount of the games, and I think I played every game that year at some at some position. I didn't really care where it was. I was like, I'm a sophomore playing varsity. I'll play wherever. But come like my junior and senior year, I was like, all right, I want I'm our catcher. I want to I want to be the catcher. And so, but uh, I think towards my towards, once I got to like my senior year, I kind of understood like where he was coming from, and I kind of appreciated it more. Um, but I I did a stint in the outfield a little bit. Um, I was a very average outfielder um, at best. So uh, come my senior year, I kind of asked Tisher one day. He's uh, He comes up to me and he goes, you want to play right or, right or left today? And I'm like, can I DH by chance? And he goes, yeah, sure. And I was like, perfect. So that kind of became a routine. I would catch one game and DH the next game. And it was 
it was perfect. I love I love doing that. Like I, I I'm a big DH fan, so I got to you know I'd catch the guy that I wanted to catch for the day, and then got to kind of sit back and hit, which for me was kind of nice, and my knees felt a little bit better at the end of the week. <laughs> it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, when we did the All Decade episode on Wallert Catholic High School, we turned some heads when you made the team as an outfielder. <laughs> And I heard. I remember that, doing a double take. I was like, "Wait a minute!" <laughs> I, I heard they were at they were at pitchers and catchers, and they were talking. They laughed when you made it as an outfielder. Like this guy's <laughs> a catcher, but you know, I I had asked Coach Tisher. I said, "Hey, uh, you play guys multiple positions. Did Jimmy McDermott only catch?" He said, "Oh no, he played." He played in the outfield as well, but you're not going to bump J.J. Reimer off that team. Exactly. I, I, that's what I, I thought outfield. about. I'm like, all right, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I think I made up a story about you throwing a guy out at the plate that, you know, I was just talking up <laughs> the cut. I, got so, I, I had so many of my friends come up to me and go, you threw someone out at home plate? And I was like, I don't think so, but I'll take I'll take the credit for it. Like, sure, absolutely. And Owen Funky, who's like one of my best friends, he's a Waller coach now, came up to me and he goes, he goes, yeah, you got a better chance of seeing Christ than you throwing somebody out of home plate. From field. I'm like, you know what? Like, we'll take we'll take it and we'll run with it. I, I tagged plenty of people out from home plate, so it'll it'll it'll, it'll kind of go the other way too. Yeah, and and I I love that because that made me realize like people are actually listening to this stuff. Yeah, like, Coach uh-huh. Tisher told me that. They played it at pitchers and catchers and were enjoying it. And then to hear that you had people reaching out to you is awesome, too. Yeah, now, it, was, it was definitely something funny. Wallert ha- has had a lot of success. And were you part of that run or any of those teams that made it to the state tournament? And if so, tell us about the successes of your teams at Wallert. Yeah, um, so my sophomore and junior year, we both we ended up making the state tournament both of those years. Um, my sophomore year, we... Uh, we, we knocked off the defending state champs in the sub-state final in Waverly Shell Rock to make it to the state tournament, which for us was kind of a cool thing. Um, we had a really good group of seniors that year. You know, we had guys like Judd White, Bo Bergmeyer, Isaac Evans, um, Austin Moore, Ryan Fisher, Charlie Guile. So, like, guys that, you know, were, everyone got along with really well. And were really we had a really strong core group of leadership, I think, that kind of put that in play. And they had, they had been to the state tournament the previous year and lost to Harlan. And that was the year that, due to like weather conditions, they didn't get to play a principal. So our big thing was, you know, we got to get these guys back. You know, it's their last year. Like we got to make sure they understand, like they know what it's like to play at the field. And I think um, we, I mean, we did our job, right. We got there, we were the number one seed and we got absolutely destroyed by a soul one team that kind of slapped us in the face a little bit, which was just definitely disappointing. But I think, um, you know, we had, we, we had, we had made our mark. We learned a lot from that experience. And I think come my junior year, you know, when we were returning a, a really, really good core group of guys, and, you know, we have a one-two punch of Alex Stimp and Austin Saver, you're not going to lose a whole lot of games. So we kind of um, definitely took that, took what we, took the mistakes we made, you know, towards the end of the season, my sophomore year, and kind of took it um, into our 2017 season. And um, about halfway through the season, we kind of learned about um, Alex Stimp's mom having, starting to fight her battle with cancer. And, you know, it was always starting to go not quite as everyone had planned. And I think, the reason for our success was our team really, really came together when that happened. Um, we really, you know, picked up Alex, you know, we, we, we helped him out, I think a, a lot. And we, uh, we wanted to play for just more than us. I and mean, we, we were playing, you know, we were playing to win baseball games. We were definitely playing for something bigger than that. Um, I think, you know, you saw that with Beckman 
winning the state tournament that year for and you know having coach jank there and kind of honoring him as a as a let the let for the legend he is i think that kind of we were kind of in a similar boat um you know we were for every time we stepped in the field you know we knew that we were giving alex and his family another opportunity to make a lasting memory before you know her time would come to an end so i think that was a big reason for our success um that and i think you know i remember we were going into our first game at the, at the tournament and uh, we were playing marion and you know, we were warming up on the field and, you know, it was me, like Austin, Alex and Luke Meyer and Owen Funky were all like kind of standing by each other. And, you know, we were all guys that had been on the team the year before. And uh, I guess I didn't know it at the time, but each of the last two years, Waller went down two nothing in the first game and ended up losing those games. So, you know, Austin's pitching or Alex was pitching that day and we're kind of looking at each other and Austin goes, all right. We just can't fall behind two nothing. Like whatever we do, like one one runs fine, three runs is fine. We can't fall behind two nothing. And uh, so like Alex, I remember Alex. You know, we, we get we we're, guy comes up. It's uh, you know two outs in the inning, so we're one out away from getting out of this inning. Runners on first and second. We're like, all right, here we go. You know, we're in a good spot. Alex gets up 0-2 on the guy, and um, you know, those are you know blows too fast, blows by him, comes back with a slider. Kid just absolutely like bust in on him a little bit kid opens it up rips a, rips a double down the line we're down two nothing going into the first inning <laughs> and part of us are kind of like are you kidding me again like really but i think the biggest difference between the team that team and the team from the year before was we kind of looked at each other and we're like all right this is not happening again we're not taking over we're, we're, we're not taking over an answer you know we're coming back and we're winning this game and we ended up falling down i think three nothing and then climbed our way back to tie it and then uh I kind of made probably the biggest error of my high school career in the top of the seventh inning, trying to pick a kid off of first base. I threw in the right field and he ended up coming around to score. And um, my dad was in the crowd and a Wallert teacher happened to be sitting in front of him. And he yelled some things as I made the play. And the teacher kind of gave him this look and other parents around, like obviously knowing it was my dad started to chuckle a little bit at what he said. And the teacher was kind of like, what, what what did you just say? Like, why would you say that? And like a lot of people, um, it was a kind of an ongoing joke that like my friends and I joke about all the time. And I get to laugh about it now, considering we came back and won the game in the bottom of the seventh. But if we wouldn't have won that game, I would have been a very, very long three hour ride home for me. But um, yeah, I think that was probably, that was definitely a memorable day that, you know, I had the video of Joey Callahan's walk off single on my phone that, you know, I replay every so often. And my friends, when we get together still, you know, we still talk about that game and, talk about you know what what that year was like for us and you know being able to be a part of the the first you know state tournament victory at, uh in Waller baseball program history was definitely something that kind of left a lasting impression on all of us and we realized you know how special it really was that's awesome I didn't know that that was uh Wallert's first victory in state and then you guys ended up losing I, I hate to bring up old wounds but did you lose the assumption <laughs> the, the following game yeah yeah, we lost to a. I mean, that assumption team was. I don't, like we were. We we went into that game kind of playing the underdog role pretty well. Like we knew we were going to have to go in. Coach Disher said it, and we we all knew it. We we were going to have to play as perfect of a game as we could, and you know, pray that they made some mistakes. And early on, you know, they did, and it was it was looking back on it, it's kind of it was a positive thing for us for sure. You know, we uh, you know, we were up one nothing in the third inning, and that was something that a lot of teams at that point like they. I believe that we were the only game in their playoff run pretty much that didn't end, you know, 10, nothing, 11, nothing, 10 to one, whatever, whatever it was. So as much as it was hard for us to swallow that our season had come to an end and, you know, we weren't 
you know, state champs, it was definitely, there was definitely a sense of pride that came from our run and what we accomplished. And I think at the time it was definitely hard to, hard to kind of see, but looking back on it, we all kind of have an admiration for what took place. Yeah. And coach Tischer made, made a move during that state tournament that I think a lot of people were scratching their heads at, but he was showing that he wasn't going down to win one game. He wanted to win the whole thing. I know a lot of people were surprised when Sabri did not start the opening game um, against Marion, and then he ended up starting against the game against Assumption. But um, unfortunately, you guys fell short. Now, Jimmy, I do, I do have a question for you. That this is just something that I've been wondering. So in baseball, you're a catcher. I would just assume that in hockey you're a goalie because the same thing it, it, yeah. it's the same it's the same thing but just different sport you know and in in baseball you don't let the ball go by you in hockey you don't let the puck go by you but you're not a goalie is that correct That is correct I, I am not a goalie So what position do you play uh, and how come you're not a goalie <laughs> I'm a forward so um I actually played one game of like a like a one real hockey game like in like travel hockey as a goalie when I was a kid and I did pretty well we won like five to one or something like that I don't think I saw too many shots but I made a few saves and I was like oh, this is kind of fun and my dad's like well do you want to keep being a goalie and I looked at him like this is way too much padding like I couldn't move very well just because like it's like it's like a giant pillows like strapped to your body and I didn't like that and then like when I was in juniors like our season was over and like we would put our um like we'd have like a fun skate to end the season to end the, on a good note. And I would, I dressed up in one of my, my best friend's goalie gear. And I remember like just trying to like move and I'm like, how do you do this? And like to some of the, like the positions you have to put your legs in to like make a save where you're like the inside of your knee and your ankle are both on the ice at the same time. And then you have to push off that somehow to like do the splits to make a, a cross ice save. And I'm like, yeah, uh-uh. my body doesn't move like that. So I think a big reason was just like, I, I have the most amount of respect for goalies because their job is awful. You know, they're, they don't always take the praise when they win, but they are the first person that gets blamed in a loss. Um, and I think for me, it was just like, I didn't want to, I didn't like the idea of me having that kind of pressure and being in a position where I was just like sitting there the whole day. I wanted to kind of go out and, you know, score goals. And I liked hitting people. So that definitely played a factor too. I liked the idea of me getting to run somebody over as a little kid because I was, a little spark plug at that age. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and you're right about goalies with their win-loss records. I struggle with football and quarterbacks having win-loss records because there's so much that goes into a football mm-hmm. game to decide, you know, if a quarterback lost a game because he doesn't doesn't have a defense. Now you go to college in one of my all-time favorite cities. Uh, actually, I don't know. You're in Massachusetts. Is that anywhere near mm-hmm. Boston? I'm about 45 minutes outside of Boston. Okay, right now. Boston is my all-time favorite city, and I'm not even a Red Sox fan. But I'm going to tell you, people listen to this. <laughs> if you've never been to Fenway Park, get there and spend, oh my gosh, and spend experience like no other. Yes, and spend the extra money to sit on top of the Green Monster. I've done that, and it was probably the most surreal baseball experience I've ever had. Now. <laughs> Why did you decide to go to school at Assumption University in Massachusetts? Um, so I toured here. Uh, when I, it was my last year of junior hockey, so it would have been the year after I graduated high school. We had our top prospects showcase tournament out in Attleboro, Massachusetts, which is about 20 to 30 minutes away from here. And um, I got to meet with the coaching staff at the school, and I toured the, the campus, and I actually really enjoyed it. 
Um, I love the area. I love my dad's from Boston. So I have a lot of family members that are in the area, um, you know, surrounding cities and things like that. So for me, it was definitely, that definitely played a huge role in the opportunity to kind of um, be out here and be around family members that um, I wasn't always accustomed to being so close to throughout most of my life. Um, you know, growing up in Iowa and having family out on the East coast, um, we, we, we traveled here. We try to travel here about once a summer, but obviously as you get older, life happens and things kind of get more difficult too. But that was definitely something that played a huge factor. And I always kind of wanted to make the jump out here at some point in my life. And I saw the opportunity, found a place that I really enjoyed, um, knew some people at the school as far as like administration roles and things like that. And I took the opportunity when I got it. Now you're currently playing once COVID ends, which who knows when that's <clears throat> ever going to happen, but you, yeah, will, exactly. you will play baseball and hockey at the college level, correct? Yep. And so, I, I did that last year at St. Mary's when I was in Minnesota. And uh, so like when I transferred here, that was definitely something that I kind of wanted to keep in mind, make sure that opportunity was still available. Now, for me. How, how do you make that work between being a two sport college athlete and then also doing your studies as well? How does that work for you? Um, it's definitely a challenge. Um, right now it's a little bit easier, I would say, than in previous years, just with like COVID going on. Not a, not a whole lot is happening as far as the athletic side of things. Um, but when I, like last year, for example, when I was at St. Mary's, um, you know, right away, fall ball started that first week of October and hockey or first week of September, I'm sorry. And hockey started the first week of October. So, you know, part of me is like, all right, I kind of want to focus on hockey season because I want to be in shape, be ready to go when, you know, October 15th or whatever that day was came. And the other part of me was like, okay, but baseball's happening right now. Like I kind of want to see where I'm in the mix, you know, show my coaches a little bit more what I can do. And all that kind of stuff. So my schedule was Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday was baseball. And then Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I would skate for hockey. So I had something seven days a week. And at that point, I was still, you know, I had been out of out of school full time for a year. And if you factor in how I was doing school when I was in high school the last two years with junior hockey being only there every so often, you know, getting in the routine of being class every single day and then adding you know, a workout and then practice and then a different sports workout and a different sports practice and pretty much every single day. Um, it's, it was stressful. Um, I think I enjoyed it just because it kept, it kept me busy and I got to meet a lot of really cool people. But at first I was definitely kind of like overwhelmed a little bit and my body definitely was overwhelmed a little bit. It kind of had some health issues after that first month just from going, you know, pretty much for 30 straight days of just flying through and trying to get as much done as I could. So when the, when baseball, when fall ball ended and I got to kind of focus on hockey, I was like, whew, you know, finally I can just kind of take a break from one sport and focus on the other for a bit. <laughs> now, did you have some schools that were recruiting you but only wanted you just to play hockey or vice versa that only wanted you just to play baseball? Yeah, um, so St. Mary's and Assumption, both were two schools that I was looking at. for. They were originally, I was just looking at them for hockey. Um, and then, and I had a conversation with both coaches when I was getting like going through the recruiting process and things like that. And I was like, just so you know, like I'm also a baseball player. Like if there's any you know way I can get in touch with the baseball coaching staff, I'd love to. And you know that, that both schools made it made it a thing. And then they kind of opened up the opportunity. And then when I was in my senior year or my going into my senior year, I went on a visit to Warburg, Loris, like some D three schools in the area. I talked to Co for a little while, and um, 
so I definitely had some interest in just baseball, but I think I, at the time I wasn't, I, I was like so unsure of like what I wanted to do. So I was trying more so to kind of not look into it too much and just kind of keep playing. And then my senior year came around and I ended up having a much better senior year than I had junior year for baseball. So I always used to wonder like, you know, if I would have, if the roles would have been switched, would have, how a few things would have gone differently. So my, my, people used to always ask me, you know, Hey, you know, you get to play D1, one sport, which one you're playing. And I was always like, I don't know. Like, it's whichever one comes asking first, I guess. Like, I don't know. Like, obviously it didn't happen, but I mean, it was, uh, it was always something that I just, I tried to figure it out just because, you know, you go on a, you go on a trip and you love a school and you're like, Oh, this place is awesome. I love it. I love the coaching staff. I love this. I love that. And you're like, well, you don't even have a hockey team. So that's going to be difficult. And, you know, and the other ones, it's like, okay, well, if I do want to play baseball, like, am I going to have time? Is it going to be, am I actually going to like be able to see the field if I play here and things like that? So it was definitely stressful because you were trying to balance in, okay, like I want to find a place where I'm happy, but at, at a place I have an opportunity to do both as well. So it was different. Now you are, I believe, the second two-sport college athlete we've had. If you haven't heard Connor McCaffrey, point guard from the Iowa Hawkeyes, outfielder for the Iowa Hawkeyes, check that episode out. But what is the most difficult thing of being a college athlete, and what is the most rewarding part of being a multi-sport college athlete? Um, Definitely the most challenging thing is for sure just like managing your schedule, managing your time, and being able to not just – I think the thing that people sometimes kind of forget is they think, okay, like how does he get his schoolwork done and how does he manage everything? But it's not just that you want to manage everything, but you want to manage it and still be able to play at a high level. Like no one wants to play two sports and be a superstar in one, but then just like be on the team and the other, you know what I mean? Like you want to try to make it as much of a priority to be successful in both sports. And that's the hard part because, you know, you're, you're not going to, thrive in a sport where you're just you're showing up for team practices and that's it you know it's the extra work it's you know the the playing catch every so often when you can you know getting on the ice as much as possible stick handling as much as possible all those little things that kind of make you a better athlete behind closed doors that is what that's what helps get you to that next step so definitely playing two sports it becomes kind of hard to find extra time to you know improve on those little skills and also decide on which which sport am i going to do you know what i mean like i got th- i got 30 minutes today do i want to you know go take some swings somewhere or do I want to like go shoot pucks somewhere? Like that's just a different kind of mental warfare and trying to figure out which one's best. And you kind of have to weigh in. Okay. Like this season's as far away. This one's right here. Like I should probably work on this one. And even though, it, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get better for the other one. And uh, the most rewarding part I think for me is I get to play two sports. I love, you know, I get to play two sports that my biggest fear was always to choose one of them. And I don't, I know that I, that I don't really have to at this point is something that, um, is super rewarding for me. But I, along with that is the people you meet. I think the, like at St. Mary's, especially um, the baseball team were the guys that like kind of ran the, the hockey games. You know, they work in the score. They were doing like tickets, the scoring, like they, they worked the clock. They announced us like all that stuff. So like, you know, they were always at all the hockey games and vice versa. A lot of the, a lot of the hockey guys were the guys, you know, did the scoreboard and stuff at the baseball games. So like have being able to kind of, be a part of like two teams on campus that really clicked really well and made a lot of like connections together. It was really rewarding for me because I got to make a a lot of relationships with like different kinds of people. You know, you walk into a baseball meeting as a freshman who's 20 years old and there's kids kind of like looking at you like, like what you're 20 years old and you're a freshman. Like, what are you doing here? And then you walk into a hockey meeting and you're a 20 year old freshman and you're like, 
you had another year of juniors. Like you're young. You're, I mean, I was the only kid that wasn't 21. And they're like, what are you doing here as a freshman? Like what's going on? So like, I was kind of like two, it's two completely different like atmospheres that I kind of got to experience and enjoy both and kind of, kind of connect them, which was really cool for me. You get to pick one. What are better road trips, hockey or baseball? You I, only get hockey, one. That's hockey, hockey, hands down. There's, I love like I've been on so many road trips with hockey teams and we've some of the traditions and things that take place are just they're second to none. <laughs> so they're quite an experience. If you had to share one experience, your craziest road trip in hockey, what would it be? Oh boy. Um <laughs> I got a lot I got a lot that aren't suitable for uh, for most people listening to this podcast, but I think the one that um sticks out to me for sure. So one of the big things that uh, we do in hockey is um, it's, it's popular amongst other things, but in junior hockey, you know, um, rookie idols are very, is taken very seriously by the veterans of the group and um, just like the little things that take place. So we, uh, so there's this thing called bus tag, which is like, you go, like we would stop at like a gas station or whatever for a few minutes. And then as you're walking out, you know, a vet picks tags, a guy, he becomes it and everyone, you have to run and you have to like touch the bus first. And so like the idea is to try to like hide it for a while so that way no one knows. And one of my, one of my teammates when I was in Wisconsin was not the brightest bulb mm-hmm. and he comes running out and he sees one kid running at him and he just starts sprinting. Little does he know is like, it's, it's the middle of winter. He's in shorts and he slides across like the entire parking lot and like runs into the snow. And we were in like Blaine, Minnesota in the middle of December, it was negative 28 degrees outside and there was six inches of snow. And he's trying to like juke out these kids and like work, work his way to the bus. And he's like literally like his dress shoes and shorts. And he ends up falling and like landing and doing like in face first into this like pile of snow. And so my dad being the jokester that he is decides to close the, the bus door and start to like drive off to scare the kid a little bit. And he doesn't really notice that the bus is leaving. So we're like trying to like make it where it's obvious and they drive in front of him and he like gets up and finally understands that the bus is leaving. So he's like chasing after it, like trying to wave and like, he's running literally like alongside it. Cause the bus is in the parking lot going maybe 15 miles an hour. And he's like waving and we're all like purposely like watching him do it. But we're not like, obviously like he, we all know what's going on. He has no clue. So he just thinks we're looking at him like thinking, what are you doing? And we, we like the guys did like laps around the, like the parking lot for like 20 minutes. And this kid just kept running next to the bus in the middle of the winter in 28 degrees in shorts. Like if you would just stopped and said like, I'm done, I'm sure like we would have like let him on. But the fact that he just kept running and running and running and running and we're like, like, dude, like you're, you're just torturing yourself. It's 28 degrees. It's like negative 28 outside and you're in shorts running around in the winter chasing after a bus who's like, obviously like, just like messing with you. And then the big punishment is to have when you come back onto the bus, you have to sing a song for the whole bus. If you lose bus tag. So he comes back and the kid's name was Kai and he's Japanese. So he gets on there and he goes like, kind of like, we're like, what song are you going to sing? And he like, I don't know. Like he didn't really know many American songs apparently. So he kind of gave us this look like, can I sing this like Japanese song? And we're like, absolutely. Like we love that. And he like, gets on the mic and he puts these like sunglasses on. He starts like jamming out and like rocking to this song. And we have no idea what he's saying. Like the words make no sense to us. And we're kind of like, 
looking around and like one of one of his like his roommate that he lived with is like in tears laughing and all of a sudden like he was a goalie so we're, we're at one of our games we go to the game that night and he's he's starting so we like i was one of the captains that year so i found out the name of the song and like you know we're getting up we're about to get ready to go on the ice and he's just kind of sitting there and it was his first start for our team so you can tell he's a little nervous he's kind of just like sitting there like looking around like a little kind of like quiet and we're kind of all looking around we're, we're trying to figure out a way to kind of like make him like lighten up a little bit. So I walk up to them, like plug my phone and I play that song and he just starts looking around and he's like, <laughs> and he starts getting like super excited and like nodding his head and stuff like that. And we're all like, all right, like, here we go. And we ended up winning that night and he, he played great in that. And it was uh, definitely something I'm never going to forget. It just like the whole, the way everything went for him that day, it was just, it was something that was very entertaining for a lot of us. <laughs> and the visiting team was probably like, what the hell is this? Yeah, what, what, in the, what is this noise now? like coming yeah. from? I'm like, yeah, it, it would have been interesting. <laughs> now, Jimmy, I have one last question for you before we hit into that podcast killing double play. And you can also promote it as well. But you also have a t-shirt company. So what kind of t-shirts do you do? Where can we find you? And, um, why did you decide yeah, so to do that? So this summer, um, with like quarantine and everything that was going on, I thought it would be kind of cool to create a little t-shirt design. Um, just for, I kind of said, I brought it up to my mom in a joking way because, uh, when I was growing up and I played U-Triple-S-A baseball for the Dubuque Express and as a kid, um, our big like team slogan was we get to play baseball kind of our coach Dennis Yeager used to say that to us to make sure, you know, we, we always understood that like it was a gift, you know, we get to play baseball today, no matter, you know, what the, what the consequences are, whether we win, whether we lose, you know, no matter what it is, like we get to play ball today. Like let's, let's make the most of it. And when quarantine hit, I kind of, you know, thought about it and I'm like, you know, when, when rumor had it that like, you know, Iowa high school got the okay to play and semi pro ball was starting to starting to play again. I kind of thought it'd be kind of cool to create this t-shirt design and um make it kind of like a little thing for the summer just to see like hey you know like let's promote like we get to put like we're in iowa we get to play baseball like let's let's enjoy it you know what i mean like let's you know in times like this you know when the world seems so different and everything seems kind of just like it's kind of hard to find a light at the end of the tunnel sports is definitely a very easy way to kind of cope and kind of like make things feel normal again i know i felt much better watching like the NHL playoffs and now watching the MLB playoffs and things like that, it makes you kind of feel like the world is kind of in a good place again, even though it may not be for the most part. And so I kind of wanted to really emphasize the fact that, you know, let's let baseball kind of play its role this summer in, in the healing process of this whole pandemic that was going on. So, um, yeah, it was a little, it was a thing I did for the summer that was definitely really fun. And, uh, my mom's like, you should look into like potentially doing something like that, like as a little side gig. So, you know, I'm definitely thinking about, uh, starting something up and if I can get my creative juices flowing and there's some cool designs here and there, I might, you know, create my own little company here from Massachusetts for a little while, but you know, we'll see, you know, especially with COVID going on now, I got, there's not too much to do in the sports world. So might as well look into it a little bit. (laughs) Jimmy McDermott. It's always great catching up with former players, even if it was only at the middle school football and basketball (laughs) level. Glad to hear Things are going well, and we will stay in touch. And best of luck in the upcoming season. Anything you'd like to add to the youth that's listening to this right now? Um, I think the best advice I can give any you know youth athlete is just to stick with it. 
Um, definitely as a youth kid, there's, there's times where it gets frustrating. You know, you're trying to, you know, you see kids sometimes that are like a lot better than you, or you, you don't think it's, it's, it's that much fun, but, uh, get involved with as many sports you can try everything, you know, find out what you like, what you don't like. And, and if you really, really like it and you're really passionate about it, you know, stick with it. And if it's something that you want to take seriously and play at the collegiate level, um, you know, you're going to have to devote a little bit more time. You know, you're going to, you're going to have to make some sacrifices, but I can, I'm, you know, I can attest that it's going to be worth it if you, if that's what you want to do. You know, I, I think that's one thing that, um, a lot of people, I don't want to say like view wrongly, but people kind of look at it like, Oh, why would a kid want to sacrifice, um, most of his high school experience to move away and play hockey? Because for me, you know, that's worth it. That's what I wanted to do. It was a dream of mine. I, I, I want to do it. So I'm doing it. And I think a lot of people, you know, have their base, what they want their for their kids or, you know, say things to kids because they're basing it off of what they want for themselves sometimes. And if you're a kid who's got a dream, you know, a lot of people are going to tell you there's a million different reasons why you can't do something like that or can't, you know, make that dream a reality. But the only reason that matters is the one that you keep telling yourself it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. And when you, if you push yourself and you continue to buy into yourself and bet on yourself and, trust the process that you know how to follow and you can get to that spot, you know, that, that day that comes, you know, you're pulling that college baseball, basketball, football, whatever Jersey it is over your head for the first time. You're going to, you're going to take a minute and you're going to think back about all those times that, you know, you got up at four 30 in the morning and went and did a workout when you could have been sleeping before school and all that stuff. And you're going to realize, you know, Hey, you know, that's worth it for me. And then this is why I did all that. And it's a pretty rewarding feeling when you get there. Jimmy McDermott. Thanks for joining us. Six, four, three. We're out of here. Post game show is brought to you by Christ. I can't find it. The hell with it. Thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. You can find us on social media, Facebook, and Instagram by searching Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Coach Manaman. Go to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. Find us on Spotify and subscribe.